Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On today's episode of the Pigpen Podcast, we're going to have a little bit of fun with that Trent Williams statement because, damn, that thing was a roller coaster ride. Plus, Ron Rivera had some words about Dwayne Haskins, and they were positive words. So we'll elaborate on those, and we will briefly discuss whether or not we should trade back in the NFL draft. All that coming up on the Pigpen Podcast. Drag up that diesel. What's good? This is the Big Pen Podcast. I'm your host, Denton Day. At Denton underscore Day on Twitter is where you can find me. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, Trent Williams being a little silly. His management being a little silly. We're going to dissect the statement that was uh, dropped by his team. As always, though, if this is your first time listening, be sure to subscribe to the Hogshaven podcast feed wherever it is that you get your podcast, and go on over to the website hogshaven.com and become a member over there if you are not already. I hope everybody is doing well in this quarantine style of living that we are operating under as a society. I'm doing my best to hang in there. Uh, We're going to keep churning these podcasts out because the last one that we did did some really good numbers, so I appreciate the support there. But also, I don't have a damn thing to do right now. I'm quarantined. I'm isolated. I don't really have anything to do other than talk in front of a microphone. And my guess is, because this is such a weird, unprecedented time, you probably don't have anything to do either. So I'm going to keep giving you wonderful Redskins content that will hopefully make your day go by a little quicker. We're going to start with the Trent Williams stuff. We will get to uh, the Dwayne Haskins stuff to close this episode, but we're going to start with the Trent Williams situation because this is just getting weird now. Now, I do want to applaud Trent Williams and his management staff. I want to applaud them because they did something that I feel is very special. And when I see something that is special, I think it is best to recognize something that is special. And what they did was very, very special because they released this statement. And this statement was essentially blaming the Redskins for all of the, I mean, uh, they were made up reasons, they were real reasons, but it was blaming the Redskins and putting all of the blame on them for why Trent Williams is not traded. But the special thing that they did in releasing that statement, which does not ever happen, but they managed to do something that was so unbelievably silly that was so asinine that everybody thought it was a bad idea. I have scoured the internet. Everybody thought this statement was terrible. And do you know how bad, do you know how bad a statement has to be for literally everyone to be like, hey, this is a terrible idea. So for that, I applaud the team of Trent Williams because that is something very, very special. This did not help. I mean, this did not help his cause whatsoever. I know what the intention was. The intention was to generate some very bad PR 
for the Redskins and to generate some good PR for Trent Williams and make it seem as though he is the victim in this scenario. It is, however, very clear that he is not the victim in this scenario, right? Like, we know that Trent Williams is not a victim here. It felt like at certain points last year, well, yeah, he was a victim. Now, he's not. I mean, we did all this talking, and I was I was on the front line of this defense, saying that, no, every problem that Trent Williams has, it is more about the injury and less about the money. I was right there. And last year, I do believe that it was more about the injury, less about the money. Now, it is more about the money. In fact, it is almost solely about the money. And it's another fascinating point in this saga that we are having with Trent Williams right now. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's a saga of events that, are, that is happening here. And what's fascinating is the entire situation last year cost Trent Williams in terms of money missed by not playing and fines. That whole thing cost Trent Williams roughly $13 million. And I got to say, do you, have, do you understand how stubborn an individual has to be to lose out on $13 million and continue operating the exact same way? Like, bro, I will lose $13 and I'm going to start questioning how I'm doing business. This dude lost $13 million. And he said, hey, you know, push through. We had, we had an angle to get to. Trust the process. Like, this dude became a 76er. He's Philly now. He's a Philly. He's a Philadelphia 76er. He is trusting the process because he lost $13 million last year and he's just continuing to do what he's doing. It's impressive, but like in a scary way. Like, how do you not see? Like, do you not understand that the people you are surrounding yourself with are not exactly giving you the best advice? I understand you want to bet on yourself, and I'm a firm believer that each and every individual in life should bet on themselves. But at a certain point, you have to realize, maybe I'm doing something a little bit wrong here. And that is what this statement is. It was an attempt to garner positive PR in the favor of Trent Williams that ultimately turned out to be desperate. It turned out to be painful to read. Like, I had to read it a couple times, and after the third time, I was like, this sucks. It hurts me reading this. Somebody thought this was an intelligent thing to say. Somebody thought this was a win. And every time I read it, I'm like, this is silly. This part's silly. It's like a new thing. You know when you watch a good movie and you find something new every single time? You're like, oh, I didn't realize that the first time. Oh, look, another Easter egg, some foreshadowing there. That's what this statement is. Every single time I read it, I'm like, oh, this is dumb. Oh, this is dumber than that. Oh, I didn't even see this the third time. This is dumb too. It's unreal. My favorite part though. My favorite part about the statement, because this, of all of the things in this statement that didn't make any sense, my favorite part of the statement was the threatened legal action that he would take towards the Redskins because they weren't operating in good faith. What would legal action look like against a football team that you are under contract with? I mean, how do you think that's going to work? That was like a threat, but it was a really bad threat. It's like when you roll up on a group of dudes... You want to you want to fight, but you know they have like weaponry on them, right? You're like you're threatening a fist fight with dudes that you know have guns. That's kind of what that felt like, but in a much more like legal football term. Like we're gonna threaten legal action against the Redskins. Okay, buddy, how do you think that's gonna work? I really do like Trent Williams, and I want nothing more for him to be a Redskin. But at this point, it's not happening. Like the divorce is all is every all but finalized at this particular point in time. Like he is not going to be a Redskin moving forward here. 
and we just need to accept that. But threatening legal action, like, do you think a judge is going to take your side? You're under contract. What are you going to go into a judge and say, Your Honor, I don't want to be there. They're not moving me. I would like to sue them. The judge is going to laugh in your face. Like, yeah, bro, you signed a five-year deal or whatever the length of contract is. And you are still in your final year. Like, what do you, what do you expect is going to happen here? I understand that guys decide to to hold out and they decide to want another contract once guaranteed money is up in their current deal. That's how that works. That's why you consistently see guys hold out with multiple years left, either one or two on their deal. They start holding out when they lose the guaranteed money or when they used all of that up. And at this point in time in Trent Williams' contract, the guaranteed money is gone. So he has to play to get paid. Which just in like layman's terms, like, yeah, you have to work to get paid. Like, that, that makes a ton of sense. But in football, I get it. It's a little different. We're not going to get into the ins and the outs and the, the ethical and moral dilemmas of what it is to get paid in football. Like, we're just not going to do that here. But he doesn't have any guaranteed money left, and he wants money. And I get that. I do think when he's healthy, he's a great left tackle, one of the best in the game. The problem is he hasn't been healthy right now, and the price that he is asking for is crazy. And so when you're asking in this statement saying we would like the Redskins to operate in good faith, you have to have a realistic approach of what good faith looks like when it comes to trading one of your best players. Now you can't expect the team to move you for like a fifth round pick and then you go sign a $20 million deal because you're one of the best left tackles in football. That's not operating in good faith. That's operating like Bill O'Brien. And if nothing else, this is a positive because the Redskins, you can say a lot about the way they've managed their, their themselves through the past like 20 years, through every year of Dan Snyder's ownership. But if nothing else, they're not Bill O'Brien. They don't make silly, asinine trades like he makes. And you don't give up one of your best players for like a fifth-round pick. Because in this statement, it said, well, we have, we've contacted teams and we know that they have interest, but the Redskins, they're, they're switching up their demands. Well, yeah, they're, they're entitled to do that. That is business. Like this football thing is a business. The Redskins can switch up their demands as so they please. That's what happens when you sign a contract. You are contracted to that team. Funny how that works. So if you're expecting, hey, like the Jets, we're just going to use them hypothetically. I have no inside knowledge that the Jets have even made a real offer. Well, you can say, well, the Jets offered a fifth round pick. Move me for a fifth. Move me for a five. That's not good faith. That's terrible business. And if that's what he's clinging on to, he is in a really, really bad spot. So his choices right now are just hope that somebody makes a good deal or just hope that Ron Rivera's mentality of if you don't want to be here, get the hell out. Just hope that that comes through. Or you're playing for the team next year on a contract on a year with not a lot of guaranteed money in it. Because you can't hold out. You can. You can hold out for five days in training camp. And then it becomes a problem contractually because the new CBA that was agreed to. One of the reasons that the stars of the league didn't like the new CBA because the way the money was situated didn't help them. It helped everybody else, but it didn't help them. So Trent Williams can hold out for five days. If he holds out for more than five days and the contract gets screwed up and he loses his right to free agency, he is essentially retired. So his options are play for the team, retire, or just hope and pray that something happens and that the team just pulls the trigger and moves him. But at this point, he's almost causing so much of a headache 
that the team could just get petty and say, yeah, we're not going to move you unless we really like what we're getting in return, which is by the way that this works, that is their right to do. Like, again, we can discuss the morals and the ethics of all of these things, but who the hell cares about the morals and the ethics? This is football. This is a business. The Redskins are going to do what is in their best interest when it comes to moving Trent Williams if they decide to. This is not the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton here, right? Like, they're not just going to cut you because, eh, we're just, we're just going to let you go. That's not how that works. You're still a great left tackle. And not to say that Cam Newton's not a great quarterback, but the Carolina Panthers have like five quarterbacks on their roster. We don't just have five left tackles that can plug and play immediately. If you want to get paid like one of the best left tackles, hey, prove it. Play for us one year. And then, hey, you can walk after that. But if Trent Williams plays for us, like he's not going to play bad. He's not going to just throw the season away. Because he's basically earning another contract if somebody wants to give him another contract. So the leverage, all of the leverage that he seemed to think that he had is not really there. And the statement doesn't help that. Any sort of leverage that he did have essentially evaporated when this statement came out because it makes him look like a fool. And a brief part of me does feel bad for him because I do know that Trent Williams gave a lot up for the team. He played hurt when he didn't have to. And for that, it does kind of suck. But, I mean, this is just the reality of what this NFL is. This is a business. It's what have you done for me lately. And the unfortunate reality for Trent Williams is he hasn't done a lot for the team lately. It sucks. It's not exactly nice. But it is what it is. This statement was silly. It did not help him at all. It was, it's, one of the worst, it's one of the worst statements that we've seen. They wanted to get rewarded because Trent Williams hasn't been running his mouth to the media. Like, thank you for just not being annoying. That I mean, that's what that is. You, you, we're glad that you haven't been running your mouth to the media, but like, we don't really care anyway. I'm curious because they they emphasize that in this in this letter. I almost want him to run his mouth to the media because I want to hear what he has to say. We haven't heard anything from Trent Williams throughout this whole process. We've heard slight things, but not a ton. And if you're saying, well, my, our client, he's not talking bad about your team, what's he going to say? I mean, honestly, have you seen the way this team has operated for the last 20 years? What are you going to say that's really going to hurt the Redskins? I'm curious at this point, both as a professional and just as a fan in general. I would love to know the dirt that you have on this team. Let it all out. Because if you're not willing to do that, you're bluffing, we don't really care. It's that simple. This statement was silly. It was dumb. It's a big time swing and a miss. I thought baseball was delayed, postponed. We're getting baseball now. Turner Williams both became a baseball player by swinging and missing and a 76er for trusting the process of operating the way he's operating, which hasn't been a smart way to operate. Tough times for Trent Williams here in D.C., man. Really, really tough. This is not going to end well at all. The divorce is going to be ugly, probably uglier than it already is. I still got love for Trent Williams. But hey, I like you because you're on the Redskins. I don't just like you because I like you. That is what it is. All right, let's dive into this quarterback talk, why don't we? Big news in the quarterback front. We've been searching for a backup quarterback. We got one. We made the trade for Kyle Allen. We gave him a fifth-round pick. We got Kyle Allen. Ultimately, we ended up trading Quentin Dunbar as well, but that's in the past, whatever. This quarterback thing is a little bit more important because I think it's fascinating. Now, before we get into the actual Kyle Allen stuff, today, this is being recorded on a uh, on a Wednesday, 
um, today, it actually may have been tomorrow. I don't know when. I don't know when this was, but it was a couple. It was this week. It was relatively recently. Ron Rivera went on WFNZ, which is a station down in the North Carolina area that covers the Panthers. Uh, he went on one of the shows there and claimed that we are going into training camp believing that Dwayne Haskins is our guy, but there will be competition. So this is the first time that I can think of, at least off the top of my head, that Ron Rivera has actually said Dwayne Haskins is our guy. And that made me very happy. I was pleased with that. I've been waiting for him to say that for a very long time. This was the first time he actually did. So I was pumped to say, pumped to hear that that Ron Rivera said Dwayne Haskins is our guy. We are going into camp believing that. I think that's a big confidence boost for Dwayne. It should be. He's put in a lot of hard work this summer. But I do also like the idea of saying there is going to be competition. Because I'm a firm believer that competition in any form is going to make your team better. I think it's huge to have some sort of real competition, especially at the quarterback position, even if it is way like heavily unbalanced competition, because Dwayne is the guy, right? I don't know if anyone has ever listened to a podcast that I've said, that I've recorded, taped, and put out, and thought that I was anti-Dwayne. I hope you haven't, because I love Dwayne Haskins. He is the guy moving forward here. But I do like that Kyle Allen will have the opportunity to push him a little bit, but more importantly, Kyle Allen will help Dwayne Haskins learn this offense because it is going to be new, but it's not new for Kyle Allen. So essentially what Kyle Allen is now is what Colt McCoy was for years with Jay Gruden. Because we had, I mean, we had Colt for like five years. It doesn't feel like we had Colt for that long, but Colt McCoy was on this roster for five years. And he was on the roster for that long because he really liked Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden really liked him, but he also really understood the offense. So even when Alex Smith was our guy, Colt McCoy was helping Alex Smith learn this offense. He knew that Alex was starting, but he was there to help guys learn the offense. Now, Kyle Allen, I don't know if he wants to accept that role as Colt McCoy yet because he did have a little bit of success in Carolina, but we also got to just take that with a grain of salt when it comes to Ron Rivera bringing a former quarterback in because while Kyle Allen did have a good amount of success at the very beginning in Carolina, he is also part of the reason Ron Rivera got fired in Carolina. Right? Like you get fired based on the play of your quarterback. Your quarterback wasn't playing well. Your team lost eight straight games. You don't have a job anymore. So if you're thinking, well, Ron Rivera just really has this love affair with Kyle Allen, he's going to bring him here. Don't think that. It'd be different if it was Cam Newton. Because I do think there is like something real when it comes to that. Like Ron Rivera's relationship with Cam Newton is something very different than what his relationship with Kyle Allen is. But this is not, this is not, I'm not worried here. I'm not worried that Kyle Allen is going to come in here and steal Dwayne Haskins' job. If he does come in and steal Dwayne Haskins' job, it means that Dwayne Haskins hasn't been playing well. He's not gripping the offense, but I don't think that's going to be the case here. So what Kyle Allen is, is what Colt McCoy was. A guy that you have a little bit of confidence in if he needs to play, but you don't ever want to see him play. He's here because he knows the offense. He's going to help teach the offense to a guy like Dwayne Haskins, and Dwayne is going to be our guy moving forward. It really should be that simple, and I hope to God that it is that simple. I understand that some of these things are a lot more complicated than they seem on paper, but this seems like a very simple thing here. Kyle Allen, adequate backup, had success. If he plays because Dwayne Haskins gets hurt, you're like, okay, like this this isn't the worst thing in the world. It's like, trust me, it's not like when we had Mark Sanchez, right? Like it wasn't too long ago that Mark Sanchez was our backup quarterback and Mark Sanchez came into the game and like, oh, here we go. Here we go, butt fumble guy coming into the game here. This isn't that. So if nothing else, Kyle Allen isn't that. 
and we needed a backup quarterback because Colt moved on. I get it. Jay Gruden's not here anymore. Thanks for your time. See ya. Colt's not here. We needed a backup. And I, I will rock with Kyle Allen. Would I have liked to give up less than a fifth-round pick? Sure. But I will rock with Kyle Allen. He's the best that we got right now, and I'll take it. Now, the Quentin Dunbar trade I was a little upset about because I wanted more than a fifth-round pick for him. I do think that he is really good. Um, I think that he has the potential to be even better. I don't want to see him be even better in Seattle. Like, let's make one thing clear. I'm happy that he got, that he's happy, just like from a personal level. But I don't want Quentin Dunbar to go to Seattle and be an all-pro. Hell nah. I don't want to have a team, I don't want my team to be trading away all-pros. Like, we did that once with Champ Bailey. Let's not do it again. Like, that's not a habit we need to make a, uh, Make something that make it a habit of, right? That that took me way too long to say that phrase, but you get what I'm saying here. We don't need to consistently trade away all pro corners. So I wish Quentin Dunbar nothing but great happiness in Seattle, but I don't want him to be astronomically better there as a cornerback than he was here. Not at all. Not even a little bit. I was kind of excited a little bit for Quentin Dunbar and Kendall Fuller. But hey, I wanted more than a fifth round pick for him for sure. I want at least a third, third or fourth, but... Uh, ultimately, that ended up being too unrealistic. Ron Rivera said, if you're not all in, you are out. And so far, with the uh, exception being Trent Williams, that is exactly what Ron Rivera has done. Now, with that being said, there is one dude on Twitter that we would like to have back. I've seen this all over Redskins Twitter. And seemingly, he would like to be back, and that's Bashad Breland. I don't really know what's taking so long. It's one of those things where it seems like this should have happened like a week ago. And I don't quite know what's taking so long, especially now that Quentin Dunbar isn't here. So we lost Josh Norman, who was our starter last year. That one had to happen. Good. We lost Quentin Dunbar. Wish it didn't have to happen. It had to happen. It happened. He's gone. Well, those were our two starters. Kendall Fuller, I think, is really good. I think he's one of those guys that plays better in certain areas, like with certain teams. And I think this team here is going to be one of those times. I think he just he's just better as a Redskin than he will be with the Chiefs. That's just how I feel about him. But he needs help. I mean, I like Fabian Moreau. I like I like Jimmy Moreland, the people's corner. Although I think Kendall Fuller might be the OG people's corner. But, you know, we can we can have that discussion later. But I think adding Bashad Breland to that group, I think that would be a win. Because I do like Bashad Breland, Kendall Fuller, Sean Davis, Landon Collins. That's a that's a pretty good four there. And Fabian Moreau, those those five right there, right? I mean, you can kind of pick and choose who you want to play on the inside, who you want to play on the outside of those three cornerbacks there. But I like that five. Now, I've seen the stuff about, hey, maybe we should trade back and we should go after Jeff Okuda. And I want to say this with the utmost respect, and I need you guys to understand just how much I really, really love Jeff Okuda, and I really want him to go literally anywhere except the New York Giants. But I also really love Chase Young. And I don't know if this team needs to pass up on Chase Young. He has the potential to be one of the elite pass rushers in this game. He is in our lap. I am still team Chase Young in the draft. But Jeff Okuda is the one. There's like two guys. Him and Isaiah Simmons. I think those three guys, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, Isaiah Simmons. Those three guys are all going to be fantastic players. So I would not mind if we do trade back, trading back for either Okuda or Simmons, but I'm still team Chase Young in this process when it comes to the draft. But damn, Jeff Okuda is really good. He is really, really good. If you, I mean, hell, we're in quarantine right now. 
if you haven't ever seen Jeff Okuda play, you have to go watch him play with Ohio State. He is so good. He's, un- I mean, he's really unbelievable. I think Jack Del Rio would absolutely love him, but I still want Chase Young. But damn, just Jeff Okuda, please don't go to the Giants. Please. I would just like the Giants to trade back. Like, there's no team that I want to trade back more right now than New York Giants because I don't want them to get Jeff Okuda and I don't want them to get Isaiah Simmons because I don't think either of those two guys are going to be a bust and both of them are really freaking good and I would prefer to not see them twice a year for the next five to ten years. But I'm still very much Chase Young. Chase Young or bust right now. That dude is unbelievable and I'm a firm believer that you build through the front seven. All right, that's going to wrap up today's show. This went like four or five minutes longer than it was supposed to. Let me know your thoughts on any of the topics we discussed. If you want to have some jokes about Trent Williams' statement, please, I am all ears and all eyes for those. I want to hear and see all of the jokes. At Denton underscore Day on Twitter. Let me know about what you think of the Kyle Allen trade and the idea of trading back in the draft. We're going to have a full podcast as we get closer to the draft about what that would actually look like. But I would love to know your thoughts at Denton underscore Day on Twitter. Until then, I'll see you guys next time on the Big Ben Podcast. Podcast.